Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging trends in today's housing market because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton, realtor with Realty One Group Pacifica, and I am joined by LaDonna Page, mortgage advisor and liabilities manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Well, hello, LaDonna. Hi, Katie. So LaDonna and I have decided that today we are not making any mistakes on the podcast. We are not <laughs> editing anything. We are going to have a fun and lighthearted conversation today. And then we're both going to get out of here and get some stuff done. <laughs> we're just going to raw dog this and go from there. <laughs> oh, welcome, <yes>. to, <laughs> welcome to our issues. <laughs> welcome to our issues. Not really. We're going to be talking about jargon today. So yes. I was actually having a conversation with my nine-year-old the other day. Um, I was talking to my husband about a deal I had going on, you know, whatever. And my son was like, what does escrow mean? What does that even mean? And with that conversation, him and I started talking and I realized that we throw a lot of words around every day just in dealings with clients, but then also every day on the podcast, um, yeah. throwing words around that it's like, hmm, maybe someone doesn't know what that means because escrow is a very weird word. When I got into mortgage businesses, I seriously asked somebody, I was like, and where's the acronym dictionary for all this? Because this rule references this acronym and this rule references this other one. And then this one and like, and it just goes on and on. And it's our own secret little language. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See in real estate, I don't feel like we have too many acronyms, but we definitely have a lot of just like, someone made this up. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why do we call it that? Right. So anyway, we are going to be discussing all of those little terms today. But before we jump into that, we are going to bring you a word from our sponsors. Reminder, we are brought to you by the Kellett's Podcast Network. And you can find our podcast and other podcasts put on by this network on kellettspodcast.com. And here is a word from their sponsors. Take control of your account and make interacting with Kalitz PUD easy with SmartHub. Through SmartHub, you'll be able to view detailed usage information, make a payment, enroll in programs, set account notifications, and much more. You'll also receive important news and information about Kalitz PUD and can quickly contact us with any issues regarding your service. You'll be able to put yourself in the driver's seat of your Kalitz PUD account. Smart management, smart life, smart hub. And we're back. <laughs> from that word from our sponsors from the Callis PUD. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so like I'm trying not to be so like I just need to get on with this and get out so that I can get some stuff done. Like not that this isn't on my list of to do's hey, because we're it is busy women. We're professionals. We're <laughs> crazy busy right now. And uh yeah, and it's just like there's so many things going on, but this this is like my one consistent every week. And yes. the one week that we moved it to Thursday, it was like Tuesday and Wednesday that week. I felt lost. <laughs> so I need this in my life. I do, Katie. See, I don't need any structure whatsoever. So I could do this at like 10 o'clock on a Saturday <laughs> night and feel fine. But I understand. That's you. why I'm always like Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we'll be recording on a Wednesday. I know. <laughs> So LaDonna's going to be a mess, but that's fine. Yeah, it has, it seems like it's crazy picked up for both of us. But first of all, so exciting. And second of all, that just makes me even more excited about the podcast because it's like, hey, maybe we are people that other people should listen to about we real certainly estate are, Katie. We were just talking about this the other day. Speaking yeah. like it's gospel and we are people 
that other people need to listen to. Yeah, so you hear that out there? Listen to us. Yes. We know stuff, and we do stuff, and we help people buy houses. <laughs> and my phone's ringing. I will turn it off. <laughs> okay, so where shall we begin? Let's start on your list, and then I'll jump in. Okay, so we're going to start on my list. And the first one I have... Um, is one that I'm going to combine a few into a cute little analogy for you. Okay. Wrap it up in a nice little bow package. All right, let's know. hear it. Okay, so it is shocking to me, even though I guess it shouldn't be, how many people um, don't know what it means when a house is pending. And I say that all the time. I'm like, oh, sorry, that house is pending. Oh, sorry, that house is contingent. Oh, sorry, you know, whatever. Um So these are words that I say all of the time. But if you don't know what they mean, then you're probably going to be lost in a conversation with me. So under contract, Mm -hmm. contingent, pending, and closing are all everyday words and parts of almost every transaction. So I'm going to be talking about those right now. Okay. So when I say you are under contract, I mean that... The seller has decided to sell the house to you, and you have decided to buy the house. And everyone is in agreement that that is what is happening. But you have not bought the house yet. They have not sold the house yet, right? Okay. In order to do that, you have to get to closing. So being under contract is the first step in the process. And throughout this entire time, whether you're pending, whether you're contingent, you are still under contract. You are under contract from the moment that both people signed the contract, the document, until you close. So you can kind of think Does of, that document have a name? Purchase and sale. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Purchase and sale document. I have one in my loan that's called an intent to proceed. Oh, a lot. An ITP if you'll have. <laughs> if you'll have. I'll have an ITP with my with my scones and crumpets today. Sorry. Sidebar. <laughs> okay. So anyway, you can kind of think of being under contract as... Like being engaged to be wed. You've agreed okay. that you're going to marry each other. You've agreed that you're going to spend the of rest of your life. <laughs> right? You've agreed that you're going to spend the rest of your lives together, but you have not actually gotten married yet. There's still time. There's still time to back out, right? Yes. There's still things that could go wrong. So <laughs> you can think of being under contract as when you get engaged And so you're engaged the entire time until you get married, which is when you close the deal. Okay. So closing is the last day of the process. It is when you sign all the documents, much like a wedding. Okay. And that is when you are officially, like, there's no backing out. This has happened. This is the wedding. This is your marriage. This is you signing the legal documents. From here on out. (laughs) Yes. Well. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, under contract is being engaged. Closing is your wedding day. So then what does pending and contingent mean? So you can almost think of contingent. Wait for this one. It's really good. I personally think. So in real estate, being contingent um, largely means that the person who wants to buy your house has to sell their house first. So you can kind of think of it as being engaged to someone who needs their divorce proceedings to be finalized. Oh, oh my gosh. (laughs) Good, right? (laughs) It's really 
Yeah. It's a good analogy. Come on. It's a really good analogy. It's a good analogy. <laughs> Depressing? Maybe. In this situation, not so much because they want to sell their house, so it's fine. So they need to sell their house before they can buy your house. They need to get divorced before they can marry you. Okay. 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 Good, good, Got we're it. good. Yep. Um, in real estate, normally those two things happen simultaneously. So it would be like getting your divorce, your divorce finalized on your wedding day, which I don't recommend. <laughs> I'm but, not sure that's legal and oh well, I don't know. Whatever. Okay, maybe it's been it a is. long time since I got married. Anyway, so in real estate, usually if someone is buying and selling a house, they will buy and sell their house on the same day. They will have right. both closings on the same day. So you can kind of think of it like that. Anyway, so there are other contingencies that go along. More broadly speaking, contingencies or being contingent means that something else has to happen for this contract to go through. So you might have a title contingency, and that means that the title has to all look good and the seller has to really be the person who owns the house. Um, otherwise, if that's not true, then the deal doesn't happen. So contingencies protect the buyer, basically. Um, but largely speaking, if a house is contingent, if you're looking on Zillow, if you're looking on Realtor.com, if you're looking one of those places and you see that a house is contingent, that means that they have to sell their house before they buy the house. Okay. And um, that's a lot of moving pieces. So Mostly um, because they need that money. Exactly. But it's a lot of moving pieces. So if you see a house that you love and you see that's contingent, you might say, hmm, I'm going to keep an eye on that one because that could very possibly fall through. Yeah. They could fall back in love with their first wife. <laughs> Right. <laughs> LaDonna hates this analogy, but I, I think it's really good. So No, it is a great or it is a great analogy that anyone can understand. I completely yes. get it. And okay. the jokes are hilarious. So, in my opinion. Maybe a little dark, I don't know. But um yeah. if you like this analogy, why don't you go ahead and email us and tell us about how much you love my analogies at not your mother's housing market at gmail.com. There you go. Good tie-in, right? A little self-promo. <laughs> okay, so then where pending falls into this is pending is just like a normal engagement where just normal bumps on the road can happen. So you're pending, like you're engaged, but you're not married yet. Maybe your significant other still needs to meet the family. Maybe you're going to marriage counseling. So you're pending, like everything's looking good. Everything's moving towards the finish line, um, but you're just not quite there yet. Okay. So does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an analogy, dang it. I didn't come with any analogy. I'm the queen of the analogy. You know that. Yes. All right. So Katie said... I needed to explain pre-approval letter. It's one of the first things that comes in. Um, and your pre-approval letter is basically, I have looked, I as the lender, have looked at your stuff and I have said, this person looks pretty good to be able to, to buy a home. Barring any skeletons in the closet that they have not disclosed, this will more than likely go through. That's all a pre-approval letter is. I've gathered some information from you, and I've written up a synopsis saying, yep, this will work. Thank you for explaining that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the person has their pre-approval letter. Yes. Now give us some more yeah, of your so, abbreviations. All right, so like that could be the end of my full word. <laughs> and now my full... <laughs> Oh gosh, and not an there abbreviation. We have to edit. 
<laughs> not an abbreviation, not an acronym. Um, so my next one is one of the th- biggest things that goes into that pre-approval letter is your FICO. Okay, FICO. FICO. Sounds like the name of a dog, but it's not. (laughs) It's not. No, actually, it's an acronym that stands for Fair Isaac and Company. Um, It was one of the first reporting agencies, and for whatever reason, FICO is your data analytics. Um, It focuses on credit scoring services, Um, and that's where you get your credit score from. Okay. Okay. So it is not a dog. It's not a dog. No, okay. it's a Fair Isaac and Company. Okay, so basically, <laughs> if, data if someone company. says to you, "Hey, I need your FICO score," it's basically a synonym for "Hey, I need your credit score." Right. Okay. It's the exact same thing. Okay. Um, the other thing that we look at going into your pre-approval pre-approval letter is your DTI. Okay. Or your debt to income ratios. Okay. And we talked about DTI a lot um, in one yeah, of the we last few episodes. Yeah. So we've touched on it when, when we were talking about getting your ducks in a row, correct? Right. Yes. The ducks in a row episode, but give us a breakdown. So the way that this was taught to me was think about your T as your division mark. So you take your debt and you divide it by your income, and that gives you the percentage of debt you have to your income. That is, um, that's huge because that's how we look at like whether or not you will be able to be in this home, make this payment, have this debt combined with the rest of your debts against your income and, um, and basically, you know, is this person going to be able to afford this comfortably? Right. And still be able to save money and do other things and live life. Or is this person going to be shelling out all of their pennies to their bills and not have anything left over for emergencies and fun? Okay. So I'm going to give a little analogy about, because I think basically what you're saying is, hey, we don't want you to be house poor because of sex. Right. We want you to be cash rich. Okay. So I just have to say, this probably doesn't belong in this episode, but I'm saying it. So when I was growing up, um, we like had a nice house, whatever, but my parents were very frugal on like... The little day-to-day stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, my parents are extremely frugal. Um, I don't know if it had too much to do with being particularly house poor, but more just, like, they like to keep our costs low. So, you know, our toothbrushes, our toothpaste. I was never getting, like, an electric toothbrush. This this ties (laughs) into the story. So I was always, you know, manual toothbrush. My wrist is tired by the end. (laughs) That whole vibe. So then I had a friend in high school whose parents both made a lot of money. And um, it was just her two parents and her. She was an only child. So there was only three of them. And they lived in a pretty small house. And their house was nice, but it wasn't, like... I, I knew they could afford a bigger house. Even in high school, I'm like, these people could definitely afford a bigger house. And one day we were talking about it, and her mom said to me, well, we don't want to be house poor. And I went to Costco with them in that time period. I don't know if it was that exact trip, but later. And um, they were buying all the electric toothbrushes, all the big packs of all this, like, cool stuff that my right. parents were like, no, 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 we don't. That's too expensive. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, oh, gosh. They have a littler house so they can buy all this great stuff. (laughs) And there is a lot of that. Like, where do you want to spend your money at? And it stuck with me. And I'm like, dang, I love those electric toothbrushes. I love my nice house, but 
I want to spend money on stuff too. I want to go on vacations. They take me I on vacations. I really like sometimes. vacations. I don't want to eat ramen for dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm not in that lifestyle anymore. Like, I want to make sure that my debt to income ratio is well balanced. Okay, so that's the DTI. Yep. What's next? Loan to value. Okay. So your loan to value is what your, it's the relationship between the amount of your outstanding mortgage balance and the appraised value of your home or sales price of your home. Mm -hmm. And that kind of ties into my next two. I know we also talked about this in a recent episode, but inspection versus appraisal. Mm -hmm. People get these confused all the time, which I understand because I mean, really an appraiser is inspecting your house to give you an appraisal. So Mm -hmm. it's like, isn't he inspecting? Is he not the inspector? I know. It's confusing. It confuses me still to this day. The inspector and the appraiser are two different people. One of them will give you an inspection report. One of them will give you an appraisal. Mm -hmm. And like I mentioned, we talked about this in another episode, but I'm just going to use the same exact verbiage I used last time. The inspection is for the buyer. Mm -hmm. It tells you what is wrong with the house. It is for the buyer's information. The appraisal is for the lender, and it tells the lender how much the house is worth and what is, how much they can loan for that house. Right. So inspection, appraisal, two very different things. Inspection is for you. Appraisal is for the lender. Yep. So that is my next little two. What else do you have for us, LaDonna? (laughs) So I have private mortgage insurance. The pity? No. This is not the pity yet. Oh, PMI. (laughs) PMI. Private mortgage insurance. And this, this is directly derived from your LTV. Um, so the LTV that we are looking for on every loan is 80%. Like we want you to be at that 80%. That means that we don't require PMI. So that means that you basically have. Sorry, I had myself muted. (laughs) (laughs) So that means I didn't want to breathe into the microphone. I always get very self-conscious about breathing into the microphone while LaDonna's talking. Okay. So. That means that you have paid down 20% of your loan. Correct. Or you're buying it at 80% of its value. You've, okay. you've for whatever reason, the house is worth $100,000 and you owe $80,000. Right. You owe $80,000. You've put $20,000 down or okay. 20% down. Okay. Um, That's the magic number. Right. Got it. So... PMI goes onto your loan and it's just an extra insurance that you have there and it protects the lender from any defaults on your loan. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm following. Mm-hmm. I'm following. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, we'll go into this a little bit more next week so I don't want to give away like all the things I know about PMI but <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun topic. <laughs> it is, I think but it's I an w- interesting like, topic. Next week, we're going to talk about um, why you would refinance. And so, like, this is one really huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I have pity. Okay. Which is your P-I-T-I or your principal interest taxes and insurance. Okay. Those are just the four components that make up your entire monthly mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. And I um, I think this is something that all first-time home buyers have questions about mm-hmm. because you're like, okay, I know I need homeowner's insurance, so do I need to account for that over and above my mortgage? Or I know I need to pay my taxes. 
do I need to account for that over and above my mortgage? How do I pay for that? Right. And because I think people think, oh, mortgage, that is literally just paying for the loan. But your mortgage, most of the time when people use the word mortgage, it is a PITI mortgage. So it's all right. all can combine. So in the grand scheme of like, if worst case scenario, you defaulted on this loan and you were getting foreclosed on, everybody knows the government always gets theirs first, right? Of course. Of course. The house always wins. And everything. The government always gets theirs. So they, if there's a tax lien against the home and you default, that tax lien has to be paid first before the, um, the mortgage. Okay. Okay. So um, we... Most mortgage companies will do what's called impounds. Okay. And that's where we take taxes and insurance payments every month from mm-hmm. you. So it comes out as a smaller chunk, even though here in Washington State, they're due twice a year. Right. And your your insurance is due once a year. Mm-hmm. So you pay your entire insurance premium once a year. Mm-hmm. You pay your taxes twice a year. But we impound a little bit. Every Mm -hmm. month, set up Mm -hmm. this escrow account, this savings account for you, that then we draw out of to pay those taxes and insurances for you when they come due. So that Mm -hmm. while you have your mortgage, we make sure that you always pay your insurances. Like on a car loan, you, if you have a car loan, you're technically supposed to have full coverage insurance, Mm -hmm. but the car loan people aren't doing this. So technically, <laughs> right, right, you can default, and then and then you end up in big trouble, right? When when you wreck your car, <laughs> right, 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 right. So right, have right. your full coverage insurance, but <laughs> and the mortgage side of things, we're making sure that we're covered. Mm-hmm. We're gonna pay your taxes. We're gonna pay your insurance, which I think the consumer loves. I don't think any consumer has an issue with um, not having to budget monthly for their taxes and their insurance. You'd be really surprised. Really? I have talked to people that are like, wait a minute, what? I don't get to pay my own taxes. And I was like, who the heck wants to pay their own taxes? Yeah. Let's automate this and I'll do it for you. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Especially because, but, I mean, first of all, the majority of people are bad at budgeting, myself included. So extremely um, true. Especially us millennials. Especially us millennials. There you go. So I love the fact that I'm just like, oh, my my taxes are already paid. Oh, it all gets my, done for me. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Exactly. Well, and when you said insurances, because one of the I's is insurance, it is your homeowner's insurance, but it is also your mortgage, mortgage insurance. insurance if you have to pay mm-hmm. that. So that is all lumped in with your yes. mortgage. So you brought up escrow. So yes. I have escrow on my list as one of the tricky terms, which honestly, LaDonna and I were talking and we're both like, oh, let's do escrow because nobody knows what escrow means. And then we were like looking at each other and we're like, wait, what is like, what is escrow? Well, because there's a difference between like you have an escrow set, an escrow account set mm-hmm. up on your mortgage payment, mm-hmm. but you also go into escrow in the process. Yes. So on my side, I might say to a buyer, hey, we're under contract. That's so exciting. And then about the same exact transaction, I might turn to another realtor and say, hey, I just got a house in escrow. Yay. That's so exciting. Honestly, it means the same thing when I'm using it in that way. It's a benchmark. mm -hmm. So I might tell you like, hey, 
your house is an escrow. Maybe you're a seller. And we're like, oh, yay, we just got into escrow. Basically, that means we have a signed around contract. Um, we are under contract, like I defined earlier. And um, that means that the title and escrow people are getting involved. We're kind of moving on to the next steps. We're really getting the ball rolling from, hey, my house is listed on the market to, hey, I'm selling my house. Right. Um, and we would love to get a title and escrow person on the podcast. We talk about it all the time, but at this moment, we only have two microphones. Right. So eventually we will have someone come on and explain it a little bit better. This sounds an extremely small closet. <laughs> I mean, I love it. It feels very comfy to me. Also, the microphones have, I have a large orange foam ball on mine LaDonna has a red one I have a clown nose in my face and it's driving me crazy I hate this thing see I come from the radio world and I love to just talk right into this microphone so if I sound louder than LaDonna that's fine um because I'm a microphone hound (laughs) (laughs) I love attention (laughs) just kidding um anyway so escrow is basically that like there are escrow officers involved and there is an account so um there is a separate bank account that is just for you just for the money to be held safely so an escrow account during a transaction would hold like your earnest money which is another um item that i have on my list so like we talked yeah, about yeah i was before. gonna say does it like the initial opening of the escrow account isn't that your earnest money mm-hmm, exactly yeah. so your earnest money if you're a buyer is basically just saying hey this is my like stake in the game i'm putting in this money so that if i change my mind then you have this money for the time i wasted so that just sits in an escrow account and then like Ladonna said once the transaction is over then there's an escrow account where your taxes and your insurance go into so it's kind of just like in a holding pattern right really for later use that nobody can touch. So in this particular part of the conversation, that's what people mean when they're saying escrow. Yeah. So what about you? Do you have two more? I have two more. Okay. Um, Your LE and your CD. And these are ones that we use all the time. Katie and I just kind of throw them around there. But Mm -hmm. I was teaching a loan basics class to some real estate agents the other day and It was kind of like they wanted a good explanation of the Ellie because they didn't fully understand. And granted, these were brand new real estate agents, Mm -hmm. but they just didn't fully understand what an Ellie was. And I completely understand that because when I first got in this, I was like, Ellie, I'm going to need to know this because everybody says it 900 times a day. But it is your loan estimate. This is the very first numbers document that goes out to the client like you might see your um, pre-approval letter before I give you a loan estimate but your pre-approval letter doesn't give you a breakdown of everything your loan estimate and it is exactly that it is just an estimate and it has every penny that goes into this loan on it so I like to quote them high um, when I talk about your your impounds and I talk about where we're going to take for taxes, I it doesn't matter what time of year it is and when your taxes are coming due or how much has already been paid by the sellers, I always quote it like you're going to be putting in 10 months. So your LE comes out and it looks like you're getting a significantly larger loan than you actually are. Yes, I love that. 
And they are so scary. I remember when we were getting them for our construction loan and um, they look really scary. So that's nice where if you get one and you don't understand it, just talk to your lender. Yeah, talk to your lender. Like one of the very first things I do is go through each step of it and explain this this number means this. And we when we were going through the original application process, we talked about this number being different and that's what's going to come out on your CD. But right now we're just looking at your LE Mm -hmm. and, and I really like step-by-step go through everything that they're going to see on it because I'm trying to head off some of the questions that are going to naturally come out of this very scary document. I remember buying our first home. We saw the LE and we were just like, wait, no, we don't have that kind of money. Right. (laughs) We can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that is really like, that's the scariest point for this and that's the most important moment for me to reach out and say hey don't freak out this is gonna happen Mm -hmm. it's gonna shake out a little bit different when you see your cd Mm -hmm. which is your closing document and this one has to have everything down to the penny right so the title company that their computer system says that they're gonna charge me a hundred dollars for this document if they're actually charging $98.07, the LE will have $100, but the closing document will have $98.07. Right. So everything goes down to the penny. And it's balanced. Right. It's balanced between the lender and the title side. Right. Mm-hmm. Everything, and, it, and that's the reason it goes out so close to closing is because mm-hmm. it is everything right down to the penny. We've spoken to every person. We've gotten everything dialed in exactly we've figured out you know if you sign on this day then you'll have so many days of reserves that you need to pay uh, <laughs> right right right, right. <laughs> all the little tiny things mm-hmm. um even though it's like the realtor's worst nightmare waiting for the cd to come out because we're like just put the cd out so we can close this dang thing we're just waiting on it forever but of course that's come out right before because if something were to derail the transaction then all those numbers would change Right. Yeah. yeah. If there's one hiccup in the middle of it, like when um, when the government enacted uh, Juneteenth as excuse me <clears throat> as a holiday, okay, that all of a sudden threw in a non-business day for us. Oh, interesting. So that created a hiccup that nobody was really expecting. Mm-hmm. I huh. certainly wasn't looking at that. Going, yeah, that's totally going to be a thing. Like. It just all of a sudden came out. <laughs> this is national national holiday. And so it's a non-business day for us now. So when we think about we need three days between CD and sign, then we have to have that worked in there also. But that changes your dollars. Yeah, that's cents, wild, really. I didn't even think about that. Very interesting. So many little nuances that go so into everything. Things. So next time you are buying and selling a house, or next to, if you're a realtor and you're like always lamenting about... <laughs> a loan officer derailing things for you. Remember, we all are working towards a common goal. It is a common goal. And there are so many little things that you just do not even know are happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And like, you know, we try to be transparent. We try to give you all the information that you want or need or whatever. But there are so many things going on in every direction. Um, And communication is key. I did one loan recently that... Like, that's what the client ended up saying in the end was the communication was so clear. 
the communication was just right on spot. It's exactly what we needed to know everything was going along. And we didn't feel stressed out going through this process, but we feel like we probably should have because, <laughs> because we took this giant loan out. Um, that is a huge compliment. It was really nice. I hope they wrote you a Google review. <laughs> if you like this podcast, you can leave us a review. <laughs> there you go. I don't even know if that's true. Um, <laughs> but I think that really does do a good job of summing up most of the major components and words we're throwing around all the time that yeah. may not be common knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you need like a hard copy of this, Katie and I can, well, mine is already on a Word document. I can put mine <laughs> on a Word Katie document. Katie can add hers to a Word document or my Word document, and we will definitely email it out to you as all of these definitions. That is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And again, remember, our email address is notyourmothershousingmarket <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. And I do think that wraps up this week's episode of Not Your Mother's Housing Market. Yes. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Not Your Mother's Housing Market for new episodes and updates. And like LaDonna and I just said, if you have any questions about anything we talk about in the episodes, please send them our way at NotYourMother'sHousingMarket at gmail.com. Other than that, I'm Katie Keaton with Realty One Group Pacifica. And I am LaDonna Page. And I just need to say, like, I came in feeling frazzled. I need to get in, get this done, get it over with so I can get on with my life and do other things. And now I'm just like, this is exactly what I needed. I feel so much better about my life. Thanks, Katie. And I (laughs) think it was a great episode too. And and I was definitely centered in the moment. And now I'm going to go get a cup of coffee, get some food, get my stuff done. And it's going to be a great day. I hope you all have a great day too. And that was it. The end of... (laughs) Uh, End of episode nine of Not Your Mother's Housing Market.